All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Not every trip to Sweden is full of meatballs and fika. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking, presented by Betway. If you're going to place a bet, bet on Betway. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. I loved getting a taste of Sweden, its culture, and its love for hockey. Maybe the best part of my four-day trip was seeing the excitement of local youth hockey players because they don't get an opportunity to touch the NHL. They can barely see it. It's on late. East Coast games start at 1 a.m. and the West Coast ones are over before they're getting up for school. But these guys are their hockey heroes, and with four teams in town for four games in four days with the Global Series, a lucky few got to see them live and watch practice and get autographs. It was a busy trip, and I had the opportunity to catch up with several people, including Minnesota Wild GM Bill Guerin, who is our guest today on Frankly Speaking. Uh, Also, a great thank you to uh, the city of Nashville, especially Tootsie's for keeping this entire group well hydrated and entertained. We caught up with the Wild in Stockholm at what felt like a fork in the road of their season. Garen read his team the riot act before leaving on the trip. After back-to-back 100-point seasons, the Wild arrived in Scandinavia near the bottom of the Central Division standings. An 8-3 final today as Dallas sends Minnesota into a three-game losing streak prior to heading to Stockholm, Sweden tomorrow. But Garen has a pulse on his team the way few other GMs do. The first player to have 20 goal seasons with seven different teams just understands people. Back to camp. Poli, who joined the rush, put it out in front. They score! Garen! And there is number 400 for Bill Garen! We keep talking about Bill Garen, how hot he has been as of late, and what a move! As we talk about in the pod, he hasn't changed from his playing days, and that allows players to be themselves around him. Players respect that. As Marcus Foligno said this week, when Garen talks, you're, quote, you're going to really, really listen. 
His career speaks for itself. Here comes Malkin. He's got Crosby and Garen with him. Garen walks in the dry scores! Four tenths of a second left. The goalie pulled and Pittsburgh sends it to overtime. When he retired, Garen ranked seventh all-time in goals by an American-born player, and his 1,600 PIMs are ninth all-time. Two games in a row now for Billy Garen dropping the glove. Garen also went 14 years between his first and last Stanley Cup wins, acquired by the Pittsburgh Penguins as their missing piece before the deadline in 2009. And it is! That's it! The Pittsburgh Penguins have won this hockey game! The Penguins have won the Stanley Cup, and Lord Stanley scratched their names on your fabled cup. The Pittsburgh Penguins are Stanley Cup champions 2009. After retiring, Garen was hired by Pittsburgh as a player development coach. He put in the time, rose through the ranks, and was assistant GM to Jim Rutherford, getting his name etched on Lord Stanley twice more with back-to-back cup wins in 16 and 17. The Pittsburgh Penguins have won the Stanley Cup as they have defeated the Nashville Predators here in Nashville 2-0. And you can tell your ma, you can tell your pa, I'm going to send you back to Arkansas, Stanley Cup champions. 2017, the Pittsburgh Penguins. He became the fourth GM of the Minnesota Wild two years later. Certainly some big news coming out of Minnesota earlier today. They announced that Bill Garrett will take over the uh, reins as general manager. In Minnesota, he's been forced to make some tough decisions. His buyouts of Ryan Suter and Zach Parise still loom large, accounting for $14.75 million in dead cap space this season and next. End of an era for Wild Hockey. Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter are now free agents after the Wild's decision to buy out the remainder of years of their contract. In other words, with the salary cap at $83.5 million this year, the Wild aren't able to even spend a full $69 million on their players, which is a significant competitive disadvantage for these two seasons. That hasn't altered Minnesota's mindset. Ahead of the 2021-22 season, Garen summed up the team's approach, and when asked about what that season was all about, Captain Jared Spurgeon said, hard work and having fun. Garen replied, that. This is about winning. That's Garen's attitude when it comes to the game, and you'll definitely get a sense of that listening to him, but he also knows how to have fun. Garen has signed their young core to long-term deals and their prospect pool is building under the watchful eye of Judd Brackett. But Garen has made it clear that the start to this season is unacceptable. Arriving at a fork in the road in Stockholm after two overtime losses there, which path will the Wild take? Here's my conversation with the always entertaining Bill Garen during Minnesota's practice in Sweden. 
It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Got it. Bill, we're in Hovit Arena in Stockholm, Sweden. Great to see you here. And, uh... What's Sweden been like for you so far? Oh, it's been great. It's awesome. I mean, it's a great country. It's a great city. You know, so we're just enjoying our time, and uh, this is a great event. So you got a little bit of the local flavor this time around with some guidance from Carl Haglin, who works for yeah, you. Yeah, what's, we, what's that been like? We hired Hags uh, a couple months ago. And, Worth uh, it just for this? <laughs> this is why we hired him. Yeah. yeah, just so we could bring us to the right restaurants. But no, he li- he lives right right down the street from the hotel. Um, actually, him and his him and his little boy are here watching practice, and but he's been uh, coordinating some of our uh, restaurants and things like that. And yeah, he's a he's a great guy. So this is your fourth or fifth time in Stockholm. You're having yeah. some flashbacks to your first one. Oh my God, the first time I uh, the first time I came over here, I was 19. We had exhibition games before the World Championships. Yeah, I played, it used to be called the Globin Arena and played there. And I think I had the longest shift of my life there. Um, you mean team, after the game or no, before Yeah, the game? no, well, both. Uh, but Team Sweden had like Mats Naslin and guys like that. They were just so, they were so good and skilled. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a kid, you know, I'm 19. Were you right out of school? Where, where were you? I was still in school. Okay. Yeah. And how did you end up on that team? I, I don't know. They just called and see if I wanted to go. Before all the big NHLers came over. So like guys started getting knocked out of the playoffs and then they started coming in and then I went home. So um, this is kind of still like I know this is post 1980, right? Of course it's late. Yeah, 80s, this is probably but like I, USA hockey still kind of in its infancy like Yeah, I mean on the world stage? Yeah. I mean we we're still getting better. But it was um that was I mean it was always fun. You never turned down the opportunity. This is probably 90, 1990. And who were some of the guys on your team? Oh my God, I think uh, I think John Van Beesbrook was there. Craig Willannon. Tommy Fitzgerald. Yeah, Fitzy Fitzy was there. Um, no Doug Waite yet. No, no, no Dougie Waite. I mean, I was the youngest guy by by far. I forget who else was on the team, but some really good guys, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. So we were just watching a bit of your practice, and I mentioned that your team really plays with pace in practice. I've always been curious, what does a manager look for? I'm sure you see good practices that turn into good games. You see bad practices that turn into good games and bad practices that turn into bad games. What do you, how do you get a sense of what you see? You know, it's not a day-to-day thing. It's an overall thing. And you're right, we do practice with a lot of pace. Dean pushes the guys because that's where the game is. Um, you know, for me, you know, I, I just look for detail. You know what, detail on how guys actually practice. Like the forwards that are supposed to be scoring goals, do, 
do you try to score goals in practice? Do you guys have good practice habits? Are, are the passes on the tape? You know, when the D go back for pucks, are they, you know, executing the right way? Um, and look, everybody's not going to be perfect every day. I understand that. But I guess overall, you know, when I'm looking at the coaches as well, it's the detail, the pace, the little things that are going to just help make us better every night. And intensity is a big part of that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And like I, like I said, like uh, I'm not sitting there every day dissecting every single guy or grading every, things. No, out. no, no. I, I don't. I don't think that's fair, and I don't. I don't think it's uh, realistic for the guys to be able to do that. But overall, for for the most part, yeah, they, they've got to be on. They've got to be intense. They've got to get you know something out of it every day, and. Um, you know, have that translate into the games. I think intense is Dean Evison's middle name. Yeah, yeah, Dean is. Uh, he shows up to work. Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. He doesn't. Yeah, he's a no BS guy. Like he just, you know, if you screw up a drill, you're you're gonna, you know, do an over and back, and you know that that's just the way he does things. That's just how I coach my nine U team. Yeah, I'm sure. I heard. Yeah. I heard. Yeah, I heard. Um, did you know Dean before you no. got you got to mini? Nope. And how did you guys connect? Uh, you know what, when, when we made a coaching change and I, I gave Dean the opportunity to be the interim coach, I, you know, I, I had fully planned on doing like a, a, you know, a regular search, a big search. And I, as I got to know Dean, I just really like, I like his personality. I like his intensity, but I also like his, um, I guess his flexibility as well. Like he, he, he's not so rigid on the guys. He understands he, he played. He just wants to help these guys too, and uh, I, I just like the, you know, I liked his way, like the way he did things. And he wasn't afraid to play, you know, young players, give guys opportunity. Uh, you know, if guys, you know, made a mistake or screwed up, you know, he'd put them right back on the ice and, and stay with them to keep their confidence going. Uh, you know, things like that. So I, I, I think Dean's a really good coach. So. The relationship between coach and manager, obviously the communication is key, but do you see the game the same way all the time, or no. is there sometimes differences? Well, on a, on a day-to-day basis, we see it differently because, and Dean and I, we had one big blow-up, one big fight after a game. Recently? No, it was a couple of years ago, and, and we, talking about it, when we kind of like went through our argument, it was a really valuable lesson for me, you know, because what, what I got out of it was that you know, I'm watching the game from 100 feet up in the press box. I watch the game like a scout. Dean watches the game as a coach on the bench. He's seeing something totally different than I am at the time. Um, you know, he's managing lines and matchups and this and that. So when we met after the game, we're basically talking about two separate things. So now after games, we really, there's really not much to discuss. We got to, you know, let's sleep on it and talk about it tomorrow. As for like a, a, a big picture, yeah, we see the game pretty uh, similar in that the one thing that guys can do every single night is show up and play hard. You know what? You might not always be, you know, ha- have your A game or, or wh- whatever it is. Mistakes happen. You, you, yeah, mistakes happen. But you can always show up and compete hard every single night. You, that's one thing you can do, and that's what we expect. Both of us are on. We're on the same wavelength like that. But you played, so wouldn't the idea of how things are happening in real time, do you lose that part of it when you begin to watch the game as a scout? Like, how, how is there the disconnect between the two of you and the way you see it in, in the moment? 
it's not really a disconnect. He's just we're watching something different. Like I, I'm watching as a scout. I'm seeing the game where I sit. It's easy. But if I've been I, doing it forever, I, it always know, looks easy. I know you, all you experts. But if I come down to like, you know, uh, uh, a level closer to the ice, then you're like, oh, okay, wow. Like you can see an expression on the guy's face. You can see him trying. You can see how little time he actually has. You know, or, or how much passion he's playing with. You can see that more at a lower level than you can in the press box. So there, there are a lot of times I, I feel like, uh, you know, uh, assessing a, a guy's game from 100 feet up is it's not all that fair. Hmm. So now you just take a step back and then talk about the game the next day? Yeah. What do you do after the game? You go just home. go home? Okay. Yeah. You know, now I go. I'll go down now. There, there are a lot of times where I just get in my car and go home and not even go see the coaches. Um, this year, I've kind of got back into like just kind of popping in and and seeing them. But we don't. It's more like kind of to just listen to them, listen to Dean. I don't really say much. I like just going home. But you also like being around your team a bit. Yeah. What have yeah. you seen this year? Like it's been a rocky start. Yeah. And. There's a lot to sift through, but as you stand, and this will come out after the games this weekend, so whatever happens this weekend won't be part of that, but for, for an overall evaluation, where do you stand? You know what? I, I do, especially earlier in the year. I like to be around the team um, because I like to get the feel of what's going on. I have a good relationship with our players. Um, you know, they, they can be themselves around me, and I think that's important. So I can really get a feeling on on how they're doing. It's been a rocky start, and I think I feel for me like the the, the one thing is is our compete. It hasn't been at the level you no, need it to be. It, it hasn't, and I've been very honest with the coaches, and I've been very honest with the players. That to me, that's the biggest thing that that we haven't been doing this year is competing at a high level on a consistent basis. There's more. There's there's more that we can give, and. Um, I expect that. So is that a surprise to you? I mean, this is a team that, for the most part, a lot of the same guys are back. Yeah. 100-point season. I know the loss in the playoffs was deflating, but given that work is the one constant, as you say, why does that not show up? Yeah, it's, a, it's a good question and one I don't really have an answer for. It's It happens. It really does. And, and But I, I think it's part of my job to let them know how I feel and what I see. And, you know, hey, look, everybody needs a kick in the ass sometimes and just maybe bring something to their attention or, or our attention. And we all need it. We all need it. And I think this group just needed a little push in the right direction. The way today's NHL works, there's such pressure on the start because the math becomes really yeah. difficult. If this was happening between games 40 and 50, would there be less concern or more? Well, it depends where you are in game 40 and 50 and if this is happening. I agree with you. The start to the season is critical because, okay, in the position that we're in right now, we can't let this go much further. Or the, the, the hole is going to be extremely deep and tough to dig out of. And... Um, so we've got to make sure that we kind of stop the bleeding now before it gets too bad. And aside from sending that message, how else do you do that? Well, you know what? Honestly, it's, we've got to get more focus. We've got to get 
our compete level back up to where it is and you know start executing a little bit better during games and to start putting them together. It's one of the cliches that we always hear to start any season. Hey, we need a long road trip. Everyone's got to get together and hang out. Yeah, this is a long road trip. It, it, you came a long way, <laughs> yeah. but is this is that an overblown thing on a team or is that a real thing? No, I think it's a real thing. It's not, hey, look, it's not just a road trip. Sometimes you just you need to change the scenery. You need something different, you know, uh, whatever it is. And, I, I mean, it can go from, you know, needing a road trip or a change of scenery, playing a different – to changing your pregame meal one day or just, you know, you sometimes you just need to shock the system a little bit. So what have you guys done since you got here to help that team? You had, I know you had a team dinner one night. What else? Any other activities? Um, You've been here a while. Yeah, no, we didn't do any like, uh, like team building or anything. No, nothing organized. I know the guys have gotten together um, and spent a lot of time together. I, I don't, I don't know what they've done, but. I'm sure they're having fun. You mentioned one thing a few minutes ago, the idea that guys can be themselves around you. Why do you think that is? Like, not everyone that runs an NHL team, because I've seen a lot of kind of different people interact, not every team's like that. It's the boss. He walks in the room. Everyone kind of stands yeah. up straight, and they're serious. And why are you different? That's just not my way. I don't believe in that. Why, why do I want them scared and tense around me like I want them relaxed I want them to be able to be themselves because that's when they're going to play better look at I have their back I care about those guys I'll do anything for them but I also have a job to do and I'll make hard decisions and if you're not helping us win I'll make the decisions but they know as long as you know as long as they're here part of I got their back I'll do all that stuff but they, they know that there's a serious side to me, and I'll do my job. But I think on a, on a daily basis, I think it's really important that these guys can, can be themselves, and, and uh, I think that's the way that they're just going to be able to perform better. This is your fifth full season as Wild GM. You are now in the top half of the league in terms of tenured guys. <laughs> are you different now than when you first started five years ago? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I am. Yeah, in a way I am, in a way I'm not. You learn a lot. You learn a lot as you go along. Like, my personality hasn't changed. Like, I haven't changed who I am or anything like that. But Your I think I've got, style. yeah, I think I've gotten more comfortable in my management style as we've gone along. Like, kind of like we were just talking about. Like, that, that's who I am. That is my style. Other people have their style, and that's great. Like, that's fine. But I'm, I'm doing it the way I need to do it. I, I, I keep, uh, you know, a lot of good people around me, and um, I'm really lucky that way and that uh, I've, I've got a bunch of smart guys that help me out on a daily basis, and I keep giving them more responsibility. And, you know, I, I, I've got great relationships and built relationships with other general managers over the years, and th those keep growing, and those are really important. Um, I'm always learning. You mentioned uh, having great people around you. Who do you rely on? in your circle when you have a bumpy start to the season? Who do you seek counsel from? Is it inside? Is it outside? Like, who do you go to? A lot of it's inside. The guys that are in Minnesota, Chris O'Hearn, Matt Sells, Mike Murray, you know, on a, on a daily basis, we're, we're all together. So that's, you know, they're kind of the guys. But then, you know, Chris Kelleher, our director of player personnel, um, Ray Shiro, 
is is uh, you know my advisor. I, I lean on guys like that quite a bit. You know there are there are other general managers that that I'll talk to, but former teammate, anyone like that that you're like, hey, what do you what do you see? Do you get yeah, an outside yeah, perspective? I mean, yeah, they're just other guys like. You know, I talked to Tommy Fitz a lot. I talked to Patrick Alvin a lot, and you know guys I worked with in Pittsburgh. Kind of get their their opinions, and it's always really helpful. But I would say the the guys on the you know my inner circle are, are, are the ones that that I really rely on the most. The guys that we have in Minnesota, and like I said, like like Kells and, and Ray, they're smart guys. They've been around for a long time. They know our team. They know me. They know. Uh, the coaches and the situation, so they're they're always really helpful. How much did this team miss Jared Spurgeon? A lot, a lot. I mean, placement in the lineup is so important in this league, and when you miss your top defenseman, and it puts everybody up a notch. Uh, some guys are kind of playing in spots and where they're not used to playing situations or or ice time things like that they're they're just not where they're used to being and that kind of throws it all off plus Spurge is a really good player he's just very calming presence for us he makes a lot of great plays and just steady he's just really steady for us so when you talk about kind of shifting that around because of an injury and some guys are maybe you're asking them to do more than they can from an organizational perspective is that a can that be a depth thing or is that just like, Hey, we don't plan for this. Like stuff happens. And yeah. yeah, I mean, Hey, look, I don't, I don't think you can ever plan for your number one defenseman to go out. I, I think that's just a big, not many teams uh, are overcoming that. Yeah. That's just a big, that's, that's a big minus, you know, like um, it's tough to overcome that, but like, yeah, with our, with our situation, it, it's tough to create the, the type of depth that we really want to, but um you know, we've asked a lot of the players while Spurge was out, and, and just as long as we kind of kept our head above water, you know, it, it was good. I think a lot of guys performed well, and we had to do what we had to do. You mentioned that you're, you know, if you don't see what you need to, that you're willing to make tough decisions. You already made a trade, uh, some would say a small trade, um, swapping out Kalen Addison, and you end up bringing in Zach Bogosian. Definitely a different style of defenseman. When you look at what's ahead of you and you said, you know, we can't let this bleeding continue, if this does continue, how active will you be? Can Is this something you can swap your way out of? Can you make trades or is this you got to play your way I, oh, out of? Hey, listen, I can make all the trades I want, but this is not a trade issue. You, we can't – we, I can't trade our way out of problems. Like you can't trade all the players. Like you just, and we don't want to. We like our guys. You can't trade your way out of stuff like this. You have to work your way out. You have to play your way out. And and you know we'll, we'll give them that opportunity. And yeah, you know, hey, look, if we can make the team better, or if we need to, uh, you know, fill a void or change a, a player style or whatever, we'll do it. But as for the the bigger picture, the the way we're playing, it, we can't trade our way out. How tough is that as a manager to balance the right here and right now with the bigger picture? And the reason I ask that is because when you think overall of where your team is and you've had this plan now for a few years, you know you've got the dead cap money that you do from the buyouts and you know there's only so much you can do right now. The idea being that two years from now when that dead money is off the books, 
your team can really take a big step forward that way. But in the meantime, is missing the playoffs acceptable? Like, how do you, how no. do you, what's like, what's the that's thought not, process? No, that's not acceptable. Not at all. Our expectations to win the Stanley Cup. Like, that's what we're trying to do. Like, I don't care about these cap hits and the players don't care about that stuff. That's our expectation is to win. Like, that's why we play. Like, we're not, we're not in a rebuild. We're not, you know, doing all that stuff. This, we expect to win every night. But cap-wise, you're trying to do it with one hand behind your back. Yeah, we are. Like, the, the cap hits are real, but uh, we don't care. Like, it, they are what they are. We're a good team. We had 103 points last year. We had 109 the year before and, or 113 the year before. Like, okay, so why can't this team do it? You know what? And then we can get – if we can get there and improve on the playoffs, and that's our goal is to keep getting better. I don't – nobody in our organization cares about that stuff. Like, it, it's – well, I do actually, but it's. It, I was going to say it, it's not an excuse, it, no, but it's a reality. No, it's a reality, but hey, look, we've operated well in that. Look at last year at the deadline, we put ourselves in a position where we could make multiple trades and bring in, bring in three or four guys. I forget how many we did, but like a bunch, was, and you didn't even really spend any money doing it. Yeah, so there's and ways. You had space. So there's ways to do it. Like we're. That's why it's good to have smart people around. <laughs> like, but some some people might look at that though and say, with the spot you were in last year and the you know la- the year prior with the cap hits, that you might have overachieved. Do you buy into that? No, I, I don't overachieve. I, I thought we had we had a good year. Like mm-hmm. guys played well, mm-hmm. you know, and that that's the idea. Like you just you know back to back hundred point seasons. If you keep doing that, it's not it's not a mistake. It's like, not it's an accident. Not, you can't fake your way yeah, to 100 points yeah. twice. You just can't do it. So, and that's why I, I tell these guys they screwed up because they they showed that they could do it, hmm. and now that's the expectation. So, I that's what, that's what we expect. So you, I know you personally, and I'm sure your players, you wore last year's playoff loss pretty hard. Yeah. What did you learn? Like when you step back and you give yourself six months to think about what played out we have to be able to execute better in critical situations we have to be able to kind of roll with the punches a little bit more and not let things get under our skin and we have to realize when we have a team down on the ropes yes on the ropes and we can and we can put our foot on their throat and that's what we've missed. And is that a mindset or is that a, do you have it? I think it's, yeah. Well, you that's, either have it that, or you don't? That's what we're finding out. Like, and are, do we have the guys that, that can do that? But I also think it's something you can learn. You look at teams all in the past, they've suffered some sort of tough defeat on their way to being a championship team. You know, my, I, my favorite example is, is Tampa. Columbus you know, 2019. Yeah, like they, you know what? They missed the playoffs and they come back and, you know, then they get swept by Columbus. But then, you know, they, they've, they've had so many ups and downs on their way to being this fantastic team and winning multiple championships. There was some pain along the way, you know. I mean, I, did you have any our, teams our, that you played on that yeah, you. Yeah, our cup team in Jersey in 95. We got beat by the Rangers the year before in the conference finals. And that was a crushing defeat. For the Devils, but we came back the next year, and we took it a step further, and we won. 
you know, like in Pittsburgh. I wasn't there in 08, but that young team went to the finals and lost to Detroit. Come back in 09, and we've learned from that, and we won. Like, everybody goes through it, so I think we're going through it. And that instinct, though, like, are there certain guys that just have it? Like, yes. Pittsburgh brought you in because you probably have it. There are certain guys that have it and certain guys that don't. And when you played and you watched so closely, do you know around the league you're like, that guy's a killer? Yep. And so you – I you, think so, yeah. Do you have, like, a list or are you like, hey, no, this no, is no, my no. – I got just, a list of killers just, here. Like, who, who, who can I bring you, in? You just, you just know. Usually you can't get those guys. But like I said, it, it can be learned as well. You know, you talk, you talk to Pat Maroon, like, he gets it. Like, he knows. He doesn't – talking to him is just different because he's been through it all. He doesn't sweat some of this small stuff. He knows how to play in, in critical situations. He knows, he knows how to win. And is he sharing that? Like, how does that yeah. rub off oh, on everyone Oh, he shares else? it. Yeah, he – He's not he's, quiet. He's not afraid to say anything, but I like that. I, because guys need to hear it. Mm-hmm. And you had a guy like that previously that you felt in Ryan Reeves kind of helped turn around your season before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that so that matters. It totally matters, yeah. Hmm. It totally matters. But I think the fact that Patty's won three Stanley Cups, that's the biggest thing. It's like the, those experiences playing on those great Tampa teams, that great St. Louis team, those experiences playing in big games. Like how do you act in a big game? How do you act when you're – you know, when you're in a, a, a tough spot, like what's a guy's demeanor like? You know, those are the big things that, that he brings to the table. Like, So he's new here. Give me, like, how does he act in these last number of weeks as things have been kind of up and down? Yeah, he's, he's even keeled. Like, there's no panic. Basic, we got to get back to work. We got to start doing the little things well and competing harder and, but he's like, we, we, we can do it. The confidence, too, I think, is, is a big thing. Like, when you – you know, I remember just being a, being a young player, seeing the veteran guys walk around, like, in, in, in between periods of a big game or whatever, before a game, and they're just – you know, they're not yelling and screaming. They're not, you know, hooting and hollering and stuff like that. They're even keel. They're ready. You know, you go, you go down a goal, you go up a goal, it's, they're, they're, they're the same. You know, like Scotty Stevens, he was the same. Every once in a while he'd snap, but like he was the same through the whole game, just focused and thinking about what he has to do. Like, that's what you need. I know I mentioned this is your fifth season. There's a lot that happened in Minnesota before you got there, but is there any part of you or just sort of the franchise in general that does the lack of playoff success overall? You've gotten there a bunch but not really having a deep run, nothing to really, you know, sort of sink your teeth in. Do you, do you wear that? Does it wear on you? Uh, well, I mean, like, like you said, I've only, I'm in my fifth year now, so I haven't been a part of all that. So I can kind of, I can kind of put that noise off to the side. But people do feel that in your market, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah. And does that, because I you think there's it. been frustration with all the teams. Right. Um, yeah, I hear it. And I, I, I look at, I don't, I don't sign up for that. Like, oh, you know, woe is me. We haven't made it out of the first round. I, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Like I, that's just noise to me. To me, it's not about making it out of the first round. 
it's about building something where we can start competing for Stanley Cups. A lot of teams make it out of the first round. They, like I said, they don't give a ring for making it out of the first round. Or winning two more either. Yeah, like it, yeah it'd be nice. It's great. That's awesome. But that's not the end goal. If we make it out of the first round and get swept in the second round, I mean, that was our Edmonton teams back in the 90s. Like, You had some we, great upsets. We had some great upsets, and then we got pounded the second round. It's hard. Like that, that loss stinks too. Like that's not a fun one. I don't buy into that part as much. That that's more of a. It's a narrative. Yeah, it, you guys worry about that stuff. We're good at that. Yeah. So, last question: How do you balance all of that? You do have realities and limitations, but just being a good team and maybe making the playoffs. That doesn't move the needle for you. No. But you've got a plan. We just got to look at We have to stick to our plan. Like, out of all the moves that we've made, you know, you can see we haven't, we haven't gotten rid of first-round picks. We've kept our – I think in the last three or four years, we've picked more in the first and second round than, than anybody. Like, we, we've, we've had a ton of picks. We, we're not getting rid of those. We're building as we're – going forward our plan is just we have to stay focused on what our plan is and continue to build while we remain competitive and try to win a stanley cup and uh, that's really it like we're just keep making smart educated decisions we'll make a few mistakes here and there but no excuses bill your team was just getting bag skated a little bit uh behind us here so maybe a good omen for the trip to sweden thanks so much for your time thanks for having me buddy Thanks to Bill for joining Frankly Speaking and Aaron Sickman from the Wild PR team for coordinating the chat. That brings us to our generous guy this week as Crown Royal reminds you that generosity lives in the small things. Crown Royal, crown everything. This week, my generous guy goes to Ron Hainsey, the assistant executive director of the NHLPA, for his idea to provide the player of the game in all four Global Series games with a fresh Rolex. Us and the league partnered up. It's not for everybody, but player of the game. Got you a gift. It's a pretty solid one. We're going to take it. Check it out. If you like it, we'll inscribe your name on the back and make sure you get it. But anyway, it's for you guys. You guys put a lot of effort in here. Something we should be doing before this. But anyway, congrats. Thanks. Brady, it looked like it was you early in the first period, but here we are. We don't have a player of the game in the NHL, and it's really a very European thing. But in this case, Hamesy mentioned that the players came a long way to play these games, and the NHLPA wanted to do something special for them to reward them for that. This was a joint effort between the NHL and both sides split the cost, and it's always fun to have a little extra juice on the line in a regular season game. If you watched Brady Kachuk's face when Tim Stutzla opened the box on night one to reveal a Rolex in the Sens locker room, you knew there'd be a little extra that you'd get from the players for those games. Everyone wants to win a Rolex, and no matter how much money these guys have, no matter how many watches they can buy with their own money, you can never go wrong with a little keepsake that they'll have forever engraved with their Global Series Triumph for proof. On last week's Frankly Speaking with Doug Armstrong, we mentioned that Preds GM Barry Trotz would be our next guest, and we'll get to him. He's coming, I promise, but... We got a lot of really great stuff from Sweden, and we wanted to get to that first. With that, we say goodbye. Here's Young and Company with I Like What You're Doing to Me on Frankly Speaking.
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.